I'm in a series called The Outpouring of God, and again, I've been discussing in the past message about where we are today as far as God's prophetic timeline. Please, I am just an observer. I'm not here to make statements in some kind of prophetic mode as far as this is what I you know, believe and, and saying that I'm hearing from God, even though I'm being led of the Lord. I'm not here to say that this is thus saith the Lord. I'm simply an observer, and actually the goal of this series as well as this whole mandate is to simply get you to a place observing too. I want you to be in observation mode, not necessarily just in a place of just, well, I'm clocking in on time and just going through life. No, this is a time of history. God is using this war in the Middle East as a prelude to, in my opinion, in my observation, as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a prelude to the end times. And I want to show you from Acts chapter 3, verse 18, uh, we're going to go to that in just a, uh, just a second. Acts chapter 3, verse 18. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you don't mind, um, uh, yeah, Acts chapter 3, verse 18 through 21. Could we stand for that? And I want to read this out loud because these are the three things that are on my heart that uh, concerning 2024. It says, let's read it together. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that Jesus would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And verse 19, repent therefore and be converted or transformed that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20 says that he may send Jesus Christ, whom was preached to you before, notice this, and that the heaven must receive until times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. If you'll notice in that verse of scriptures there in Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, something very interesting there. There are three words. There are three phrases there. There's times of repentance, times of refreshing, and times of restoration. And that's what I want to talk to you about for just a couple of minutes. And of course, as we continue on, and we discussed it previously about these times of repentance, simply meaning that there is the release of anything in your life that hinders your relationship with the Lord. Don't let anything or anyone take you away from this significant time of history we're living in. And now is a good time. Now is a good opportunity to dedicate yourself to the Lord afresh and anew, to seek first his kingdom and all that you do, and to release anything in your life that would hurt your relationship with the Lord. And as you do that, then there comes these times of refreshing. And I think that's so important as believers for us to, to be refreshed through receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, welcoming the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I like to say it like this, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit did not cease with the early church. It is a continuation. I realize that some people teach that, some people believe that, that these, um, these things cease with the original apostles, the original church, but that's just simply not the truth. God is a God of continuation. He doesn't love one generation over another. He loves us all. And I just want you to know that these times of repentance, these times of refreshing, especially the times of refreshing with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit are now as we move into a time of restoration. And this time of restoration is interesting because I looked at the war situation last October and I thought, well, is it going to be just a brief war? Is it going to continue for a week or two or a month? Or how, how will it happen? happen. The reason I didn't say anything publicly 
was simply this, that I, I just was at a time of observation. What's going to happen? What will, how will Israel respond? How will the nations respond? And how long will this be drawn out? Well, now that we transitioned into a new year and that we've gone over 90 days, it's a very interesting situation. And I think there's a lot of prophetic fulfillment in that. And I just want to take you on a journey with that for just a couple of minutes, as I believe that we're in a time where scriptures are being fulfilled, but there's also a time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit which God clearly says in his word. As you go to Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14, I think you see something that Jesus uh, addressed that I want to address that is, is referring to the signs of the end times. Notice what it says in verse 1. It says that Jesus that Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to show him the buildings. And Jesus said in verse two, do you not see all these things? So surely I say to you, not, not one stone shall be left upon another or sh- and that shall not be thrown down. Now look at verse three. And now as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Now you would be, and again, they're asking this question and I think you and I are asking this question today. Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Interesting. I'm thinking that's the same question too, okay? I'm thinking it more now in the light of this war situation than I ever have. And notice verse four. Notice verse four. What does it say? It says, and Jesus said unto them, take heed that no one deceives you. And then verse five, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. You will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So notice this involvement or this process. And we're hearing that right now as we go forward in time. Verse seven, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Notice verse eight. Now, these, all these are the beginning. Everybody say beginning. The beginning, one more time, the beginning of sorrows, not the ending, the beginning, which is important. And notice what it says in verse number nine, then they will will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And notice this in verse 10. Again, this sounds very familiar as far as the rise of persecution against Christianity, but the rise of persecution concerning Israel. Right now in Christianity, it is, a, it is really horrific, the, the persecution, not only here in America, but in the internationally that is coming against the body of Christ as well as what we're seeing with Israel. These are fascinating times. And verse 10 says this, and there will be many offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Have you ever seen hatred like you've seen it now? I don't think I have. I mean, I'm a young 60 years old. I came from the great state of Alabama. And again, where segregation was very, you know, predominant in the early part of my life and signs of that and and the reflection of my family concerning that. But there's actually a hatred now here in America that I've never seen before and a witness to it like I've never seen before in my young life. And it says in verse number 11, there will be many false prophets that will rise up and deceive many. Oh my gosh, this became a revelation to me this week. Just this one verse of scripture right here. Again, I was in my hometown of Talladega, Alabama, visiting my mother and family with Sheila and Allison. And um, Wednesday night, I was going to Walmart. (laughs) And uh, I was driving by the church where I was raised and several other churches. And every single church was closed. Every single church was not open this past Wednesday. But I drove by the church of the Latter-day Saints that has been built over the last maybe six, seven, less than 10 years. That entire parking lot was completely full 
the room, the glass front doors you could see and as you drove slowly by, I could see the entire room filled and I'm like, what deception is going on in that room? The falseness, nice people, if you're around them, very cordial, very kind people. They're the opposite of hate. They're the opposite of evil. But at the same time, deception, false prophets denying that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anyway, just grieve me to the point where I can't believe this in the hometown that I grew up, which is dominated by the Southern Baptist Convention as far as churches. And now you got this church that's on several acres in this building. Oh my goodness. Anyway, verse number 12, moving right along. And because lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow, cold. Notice that phrase there. The love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Yes, we will endure, but we will win. Here's the key verse I want to center in on, verse number 14. It says, and this gospel, notice the word and is connected to all these verses of scripture as we see this, you know, outline of the end times. And let's read it together where you're seated. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness and what? To all nations and then the end will come. This is an interesting phrase here. Jesus said, when the gospel is preached to all the world as a witness, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about is preached to all the world as a witness, then the end will come. Well, guess what my lightning flash mind said? Well, you know what we need to do to bring the end? We need to preach the gospel to all the nations. So I ran and had a meeting with Pastor Jeff Wickwire and him and I talked about it. He's on radio uh, primarily here in America, but he's also in 124 countries outside of America. And so I just told him, I said, listen, give me some time here. Let's get together in this next week and the week after, and let's work on how to get to 192 countries. I want to help you, even though some others are doing it, but I want to personally be involved with you and your team because I I just enjoy working with him and our, our friendship, our partnership in so many aspects. Let's get hardwired to 192 countries, thus fulfilling this verse of scripture and do our part to see the gospel preached. Now, I realize there's a lot of uh, smaller groups. There's at least 7,000 groups that's registered that we know of that don't have the technology that you can quite reach. But if we focus with us and other ministries in these end times to fulfill verse 14, Jesus said, and then the end will come. You say, can we speed the process up? I don't know about speeding it up necessarily, but we can do our part. We'll leave that all up to the Lord himself. But my point is, the greatest thing about this is, is to get the gospel preached to all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. And so I just want you to know, we are working on that. We're going to get to 192 countries, and uh, at least with this one ministry, and as well as others that I can influence, and we're going to support, yes, we're going to continue to support locally, but we're going to have this focus on international work ladies and gentlemen. In my heart, I believe as we move into this new year, we need to see beyond Burleson and Tarrant County and Johnson County. Don't get me wrong. We are working with the Harvest House. We have an absolute plan, a strategic plan to work with them to reach people in this actual radius of our church building. We want to work with Hughley Hospital also that uh, in the next uh, less than, well, at least the next 90 days, 120 days, I have a Bible, not a Bible. I have a, um, 
devotional. Well, it's not really a devotional. <laughs> Let me back up. It's the miracles of Jesus. They're all outlined, all the 26 miracles of Jesus in a devotional type plan with pictures that go with it. And uh, we're going to put that in every every room at the new hospital, in the expansion of the new hospital at Hughley. And I'm excited about that. It's not a promotion necessarily of our church. It's not a promotion of anyone else, but it's promoting Jesus healing ministry. And I'm excited about that because Jesus ministry has hasn't changed. What he left in the earth, he wants to continue, wants to continue in us. And he wants this gospel preached where there's the good news of salvation, the good news of redemption, the good news of healing. We want to be a part of fulfilling that because in the midst of all this demonic outpouring, if you allow me to say that, God is actually pouring out his spirit. And I think it's fascinating. And for the first time in 20 years, as this church enters its 20th year, I feel led, I feel drawn, I feel committed if you allow me to say that, to talk more about these things than I ever had before. Yes, we've had great men of God come here and talk about it and teach about it in times past. And of course, I've encouraged you with other resources, other great ministries such as Dr. David Jeremiah could go down the list of great men of God that have talked about the end times, taught about it, have books about it. But I just feel in my heart there's some things that are real heavy on me, not in a negative way, but in a positive way to talk about. And one One of those is the prophetic fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 39. I really believe that there's something happening there. And uh, again, I'm not here to talk about the fact that do I believe this is a prelude to Armageddon. I believe that those things will happen. I just want you to know that there's something interesting that is happening and transpiring since October the 7th, since the war began in Israel. As you turn to Ezekiel 39, as a matter of fact, if they don't mind, they'll, they'll show it on the screen. I actually have an outline. Again, please, you can get outlines of this anywhere uh, in, in any other teacher, but I, a prophetic vision of, of, of Ezekiel 38. Uh, section 1, verses 1 through 6 is actually the prophecy. Uh, do y'all have that outline? Or I'll just state it verbally. There's uh, verses 1 through 6 is a prophecy against Gog, and Gog is the, we're going to talk about who that central figure is. That's verses 1 through 6. And then the section 2 of this chapter is the assembling of the armies. Now, I'm going to get to that specifically in just a minute. That's verses 7 through 13. Remember, God is addressing Ezekiel here. He's commanding him to prophesy against this individual, Gog, and the leader of this land of Magog, and foretells the alliance of all these numerous peoples and nations that They're going to join together in this battle against Israel. And I think it's interesting how this is assembling. Everybody say assembling. Right now before our very eyes. And I just want you to pay attention to it. And then, of course, section three is simply this of this chapter of of Ezekiel 38. Chapter three is God's judgment and intervention. Even though God foretells what's going to happen and the anger he has against these nations, again, all this happens and then he brings it all back into, (laughs) into his divine control, if you allow me to say that. You say, Pastor Brian, what's going on here? Do you think that this is a part of the end times? Yes, I do. I think this is an interesting situation when you look at Ezekiel 38 and you look at all these verses up to verse 23, but I want you to look at Ezekiel 38 verse number. Well, let me go back to something. Ezekiel 38 verse 15. Let me just read it to you so you'll know. Ezekiel 30. I didn't ask them to get this on the screen, but I'll read it to you. Ezekiel 38, because I have a graphic here that I think that is just fascinating about this. Ezekiel 38, 15, check this out. 
Check this out. This just says this. Then, then you will come from your place out of the, the far north and many peoples with you and all of them. And it says riding horses, a great company and a mighty army. And you will come against my people Israel like a cloud, which is what? That's the warfare that we have right now. But what are what is this evading coalition? What is this group of people that are attacking Israel that are being assimilated right now? And even though it parallels it here in Ezekiel 38, 15, and it talks about the names all the way throughout the chapter. I've got for you is you'll look at the outline, and thank y'all for putting that up there. Notice what it says here. It says, you will come, then we come from your place out of the north, you and many people with you. Notice what it says, coming out of the north. So I've got this um, invading coalition graphic where I list all the, all the parties involved. First of all, Gog, G-O-G, not G-O-D. He's the leading person. We don't know who that person is right now, but check this out. He's the person that will be leading this evasion. And again, this person will soon, in my opinion, come on the scene. Magog, of course, is Central Asia, the former Soviet Union. Uh, you can see the words there. Kazakhstan, Kragakistan. Anyway, you can do all that all the way down to Rosh, which is Russia. This is the parallel of what it says in Ezekiel 38. Then you have those four countries, which equal Turkey, then Persia is Iran, Ethiopia is Sudan, and of course, Libya is Libya. But go back to something here. Notice what's happening here. All these countries, as I speak at this moment, they're in this assimilation of what's happening with that war over there, even though I, know, I realize it's Hamas. But other countries right now, if you'll notice, specifically through the UN, even though I am not necessarily following everything in the news in extreme detail, I'm just monitoring it. I'm seeing this assimilation of these nations, and they're actually in an interesting thing. They're partnering together in this coalition against Israel. Even though it's very subtle, ladies and gentlemen, but the person in the middle here, Rosh, which is Russia, it's interesting how they are moving themselves down. It's interesting how this coalition of people are assimilating together. You say, Pastor Brian, what is happening here? I don't know. All I know is something interesting is happening that we're to watch. And all of it, notice at the top of this document, who is this coalition, coalition against? Against who? Israel. Everybody say Israel. It's not against America. America is nowhere involved in this right now. Notice what this coalition is doing. It's moving against Israel. It's moving against something that is happening against Israel. You say, Pastor Brian, there's always been this against Israel and always this, you know, fussing about the nation of Israel. But have you noticed this? Now, again, I'm a young 60 years old. I've never seen this kind of animosity, this kind of assimilation against Israel that, that I have before. Yes, there's always wanted to be peace in the Middle East, but this, the Six-Day War was a long time ago, right? We've not actually had a warfare in Israel, even though there's always been conflict, but we've not had a warfare until October the 7th, right? You say, Pastor Brian, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to tell you that something is happening in the earth. God is doing something. Something is being prophetically fulfilled at this time, and we're to observe it, and we're to watch it. Next week, I'm going to talk about America and where we are and our place and all this, but today, I just want to talk about Israel. And as you turn to Ezekiel 39, 27 through 29, this is something interesting. Ezekiel 39, 29, 27 through 29. Now, listen to this. This is very interesting as far as what I believe is happening right now that is a sign of the end times. This is Ezekiel 
39, 27 through, uh, 27 through 29. Notice what it says here. And this is God speaking. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of the enemy's lands, and I am hallowed them into the sight of many nations, then verse 28 says, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. This is God bringing his people. Everybody say bringing. Assembling his people back into the land of Israel. Now watch this in verse 29. Here we are. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Something interesting is happening about the assimilation of Jews moving back into their homeland. You know, until, until May 19th, May 15, 1948 to now is the fulfillment of this verse of scripture. But you say, Pastor Brian, what's that mean for today? It's fascinating how this is happening so quickly now. It used to be just a trickle of people moving back. Now the population of Israel is now at 10 million, but it is growing fast now, we're talking about a small country now, for note's sake. We're not talking about a country like ours, but we're seeing the growth of Israel, according to the Central Bureau of Statistics, in an amazing manner. People are moving there. And again, the population is now 75% of Jews that are in, in the nation of Israel are the predominant figures. But listen to this. Over the next couple of years now, over the next 36 months, everybody say 36 months, which is not a long time. Remember what I said last time? Seems like time is moving fast. I mean, you know, last month was, you know, seemed like it was yesterday. And last year at this time seemed like it was, you know, a day ago. I mean, things are moving fast. And it says the population of Israel in the next couple of years could be up to 13, possibly 15.2 million people. Check this out. With over 50% of the world's population, guess where they're living? In Israel. Interesting. God is bringing all these people back. And my dear friend, Jonathan Fieldstein, who is Jewish, who I talk to basically every week, him and his family are celebrating basically this month that they moved to Israel 20 years ago. And he was, in, in, I'll never forget him telling me the story of it. He lived in, uh, it was, he lived in New, uh, New Jersey, went to school in Atlanta, Georgia, went back to New Jersey. I said, why did you want to back, why, why did you want to go back to Israel? He said, I just felt this eternal inside of me drawing to go back, move my family back, and I knew it was the right thing. He said, I just knew that we were supposed to do this, even though he's Jewish and not a believer at this time. But he knew that he knew that he knew, and so are other Jews, and they are moving and these figures are growing. And ladies and gentlemen, what is God doing? He's assembling his people back to the nation of Israel. This, this, this Is this fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 going to happen soon? I'm not here to answer that necessarily. All I'm saying is that the assimilation of these armies, the assimilation of these nations are gathering together and something significant is about to happen, ladies and gentlemen. And what that is, I don't know. <laughs> But all I know is I'm excited that you and I are living in a time of history. We are living in a special moment of history, and I'm excited about the fact that God is in control, that he is doing something with Israel. He's doing something via the Holy Spirit. He is pouring out his spirit on his church. Over in the book of Acts, I want to go back there. I, 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 missed, uh, I missed that earlier, and I want to go back to Acts chapter chapter 4. I just want to basically close with this. Acts chapter 4. Let me get back over there and uh, get it to you. Acts chapter 4. Hold on. Uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, verses 
I'm sorry. Here, hold on. Let me get all my notes here. I've got so much I'm talking. Acts 4, 29 through 31. Acts 4, 29 through 31. Of course, as you read the book of Acts, beginning in chapter 1, chapter 2, you see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I believe we're in a time, look at this, in Acts chapter 4, verse 20. Oh my goodness, this is, I'm so glad that uh, I didn't use this verse of scripture at the end. Now I see why God wanted to fit it here. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now again, this is this is what the you know the, they're talking about the boldness of the early apostles because they were being persecuted at that time. And look at this in verse twenty nine. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants. This is again, this is a prayer for us. Now, remember, we're the Church of Jesus Christ, based on the Book of Acts. Notice what it says. Now look on. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, everybody say all boldness, all boldness we may what? Hide in a cave. <laughs> no, we would speak your word. We would stand up for what's right in this, in this appropriate at this time. Verse 30, by, notice what it says, verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal I still believe the healing ministry of Jesus should be personified, magnified. That's something so strong in my heart. That's what this whole healing devotional book is. Why is that signs and wonders may be done through the church? Uh Uh-uh, through who? Look what it says, through the name of your son, Jesus. Through the name of Jesus, he is the king. Not Pastor Brian, not the church name, not the identity we have as a church. All these pastors are going around saying, look at me and this is my church. I will never, 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 never call it my church. It's our church. It's not my identity. My name is not on the sign. My name is not out front. I don't care about that. Uh, There's one person to be glorified in this facility and his name is Jesus Christ. None of us, none of the leadership never, ever, ever will glorify our ourselves. We're not here to self-promote. We're here to exonerate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through his holy name. Because his holy name is the name of all the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Notice verse 31. These are things we want to see in the days ahead. That when we have prayed, the place that is where we're assembled together was shaken. That is why it's so important for believers to come together on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and small groups so that when we pray, when we assemble together, notice what happens. There's the filling of the Holy Spirit. There's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God is spoken with all boldness. You can't necessarily do that by yourself, even though you can. That's why we need one another. That's the beauty of us assembling under the name of Jesus, not together to have services, but together to under that mighty name to go out in that mighty name. And when you go out in that mighty name, I'm telling you what things will happen because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He has got control of this and we're going to preach his gospel to the end. What he started, he will complete. And that's all there is to it. And Satan can do all that he wants to do. He can throw everything at us and he's going to in these last days. But I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, that is not going to stop the outpouring of God. That is not going to hinder the outpouring of God. We are going to see the outpouring of God and I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for the hole in the sky. I wanted to come in our lifetime because I'm believing for something exciting to happen in these days. In spite of what Satan is trying to do, I believe the outpouring of God is even greater and we are on the verge of seeing that happen. Would you pray with me as our worship team comes up? These are exciting teams. They're going to get in position. We're going to do this last song. This is not a time to run from God. This is a time to run to him. (laughs) 
(laughs) This is a time to seek him like you've never sought him before. This is a time to say, Lord, I am yours to command. Show me what you want and I'll do it the way you want it done. And when you do that, I'm telling you what, listen, there is an exciting thing happening in this time. I can't define it. All I know is I'm seeking it. All I know is I'm searching for it. Has nothing to do with the United States of America right now, even though we're an important part of this. As far as prophetically, it has to do with the focus on Israel, but it has to do with the focus on us, God's family through Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, this is a time of history. It's a time not to be scared. It's a time to look with a great anticipation of what God is going to do. The things that Jesus started with as far as his ministry have not ceased. I have so many of my dear scholarly friends in these universities and seminaries that are just preaching and teaching as hard as they can. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, how Jesus' ministry has ceased. And all that with the early apostles passed away with them. And all that's done. And we're just waiting, you know, for the moment of the rapture and then we'll go to heaven. That's There's more to Christianity than that. There is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And let's be a part of that.